Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This KMOX Major League Baseball Winter Meeting Report is presented by Goodwill. Give hope. Give local. Give Goodwill. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. Live from baseball's winter meetings, we do welcome you into a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Great to have you with us today. A full two-hour edition of the program this evening as we take you uh, all the way through 8 o'clock tonight as we uh, start to uh, wrap up our day's worth of coverage here at uh, baseball's winter meetings. It's been both a busy day and a slow day. Busy day in the sense that there was a bunch of stuff uh, we uh, we actually heard from former Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Uh, he spoke to the media for uh, the first time as the manager of the San Diego Padres, speaking to uh, you know large group, not counting uh, what he did when he was introduced uh, in San Diego. We then heard from Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. He had his large group setting as well. Uh, we heard from John Mozeliak. He spoke with the media, uh, going through where the team is at uh, right now. Day two of the winter meeting starting to uh, wrap up. And then the draft lottery took place where the Cardinals collect the number seven pick um, with the uh, for the upcoming draft. So a top ten pick, something the Cardinals rarely get. Now, going into the draft lottery, they had about an 8% chance of getting the number one pick. That was fifth best. If there was no draft lottery, they would have had the number five pick. So the draft lottery was not per se kind to the Cardinals in the sense that they slip a couple spots. But in the grander sense, uh, especially uh, this year where there's not as much uh, top-level talent, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of difference between who the Cardinals might have selected at number five and who they will select at number seven. They're going to get um, about as good of a player as is going to be available uh, in the draft this year. So drafting in the top 10, again, uh, they lose their second pick because of the signing of uh, Sonny Gray. They had to surrender that because Gray is somebody who had received the qualifying offer. So what they do with that first pick, that's going to be uh, that's going to be key. And now they know way that where they are going to be selected as they will be at uh, number seven. It's a whole show. If you didn't see it, they, uh, they, they broadcast it live on MLB Network. Brad Paisley, country music uh, superstar, he was the one who was at the podium making the announcements on all the selections. The uh, the the drawing actually takes place 
early on in the day, like mid-afternoon, and then everybody who knows the results of it are basically sequestered in a hotel room, and they can't go anywhere, and they can't communicate with anybody in the outside world until it is officially uh, unveiled later on uh, during that show. It's very... uh, you know, lock and key. They they keep it under wraps to make it uh, a show once they get underway with the draft lottery. So that's kind of that's the news of the day. What we're going to be doing on the program, uh, we are going to hear a lot from Oliver Marmel. Again, he spoke with the media. Uh, kind of the the main things that came out of Marmel's uh, mouth, obviously. They are very ready to move on from 2023 and move on to uh, 2024. That was a big key to uh, what was said today. Uh, they're, they seem to be very happy with where they're at from an outfield positioning. Uh, they, they like the idea of going into uh, the season with Lars Newtbar, Tommy Edmond, and Jordan Walker essentially as everyday outfielders. Uh, that goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with Tyler O'Neill. They just don't have the at-bats for O'Neill, and that's part of the reason uh, that they are looking to uh, trade him at this point. The way the roster is being put together right now and with all the outfielders that are available, we haven't even spoken yet about an Alec Burleson, about a Richie Palacios, other players that probably if the season were to begin tomorrow would be uh, penciled into that roster. Uh, There's just not going to be a lot of playing time for anybody beyond those top three. Now, obviously, you have a DH. You've got uh, guys are going to get days off. The Mason win question continues to be a major question for this team. Can he be the everyday shortstop? Because if he's the everyday shortstop that's going to allow you to put the three guys that you want to put in the outfield if he can't be the starting shortstop well then Tommy Edmond has to go there and maybe that opens up a door for uh, for a Dylan Carlson to be out there there's a lot of things that don't just kind of fall into place the way the Cardinals would like things to fall into place so bluntly there is a whole lot of pressure on a Mason win going into the season so again we'll hear a lot from Oliver Marmel uh, coming up later on this hour and into next hour guest on the program today uh, we are going to hear from Brendan Schaefer. He is going to join us live in about five minutes. Uh, covers the Cardinals for KMOV.com. We'll get his thoughts on everything that's going on. Uh, and then uh, next hour, we'll hear from uh, our good friend uh, Sam Levitt, who's uh, pre and post with the San Diego Padres. Has St. Louis ties. At one point, was one of the broadcasters for uh, the Gateway Grizzlies. And uh, now he uh, is working doing largely what I do for the Cardinals for the Padres. And uh, he'll join us coming up uh, next hour. We'll talk some uh, Mike Schilt. It was it was kind of interesting because look there there is a large media contingent from St. Louis here, especially when you compare yeah you know, it's it's not the media contingent like you get from a New York or from a Chicago or from one of the uh, really big cities where uh, TV stations and things like that are here. But uh, for who St. Louis is as a city, uh, all the people that the Post Dispatch sent, and then John Denton from uh, MLB.com and Katie Wu and Jeff Jones and Brendan Schaefer, like the, so many people are here. Myself, Mike Claiborne. There's a, there's a large group of people. Uh, that are that are covering the I was talking with Craig Mish who uh, we've had on this show before and he covers the Marlins he is the only person who covers the Marlins uh, who's here uh, I've got a lot of ties back to uh, the city of Milwaukee from my time working uh, there and they've got just uh, you know three people or so that are that are in here covering so uh, there's a lot of people that are uh, covering uh, the team and yeah that's um I'm not even sure where I was going when I started that uh, that line of thought but uh, that's where um a lot of I was talking with uh, Ben Fredrickson from the post dispatch today and I just I hope that people take advantage and look it's 
everything costs money these days, right? Like if you have, uh, if you want to read what's going on in the Post Dispatch and STL today, you're, you're supposed to have a subscription. I would encourage you to have that if you want to read uh, what uh, what Katie's writing in the Athletic. That that requires a subscription. But there's just so much great, you know, baseball journalism that is taking place from uh, St. Louis-based writers and, and, and media. And yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. But again, Oliver Marmel speaking will play much of his audio uh, coming up uh, later on uh, in the program. So you're going to be able to hear that and then we'll be podcasting uh, even more audio from him and uh, John Mosellock as part of our Cardinals Conversations podcast feed. We'll do that uh, coming up in just a while. Uh, just a couple other reminders for you. Tomorrow we're done at 645 for Billikens basketball, but on Thursday night uh, we are going to have our first edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show uh, from the Cardinals Radio Network and uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be on Thursday night, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Mike Claiborne and myself uh, will be hosting that uh, every week uh, once again we've been putting together uh, a great uh, group of uh, folks that are going to be joining us on Thursday night so you'll certainly want to be with us as we kick off an off season's worth of uh, countdown shows again that's going to be coming up on Thursday evening all right we will take a break and when we return we are set to be joined by uh, Brendan Schaefer covers the Cardinals for uh, KMOV.com and uh, he's been here uh, throughout the run of the winter meetings so uh, Brendan is scheduled to join us in just a few moments don't go anywhere as we roll on with a gray bar sports open line we are live at baseball's winter meetings in nashville right here on kmox worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This KMOX Major League Baseball Winter Meeting Report is presented by Goodwill. Give hope. Give local. Give Goodwill. We are live at baseball's winter meetings in Nashville. And one of my favorite things about the winter meetings is everybody just comes together and you get to see people uh, that maybe you only see during the baseball season or, or people that you don't even see that often because they're in different cities. And we get to have cool conversations. And one of those people that I enjoy being able to talk to, he uh, covers the Cardinals for KMOV, uh, KMOV.com. Channel 4 just got the big uh, rebrand here over the last day or so. Big time. Yeah. First alert four. It's Brendan Schaefer, by the way. I B. Schaefer 12. I should probably say his name uh, before uh, starting in with him. But the red, I saw the new uh, like headshots with the red background and everything. Oh, yeah. It looks good. Going all in on the red. Yeah, like it. Red in St. Louis. There you go. Uh, I mean, 
nothing is going on in terms of like actual stuff. <laughs> we, we've heard a lot from Oliver Marmel. We've seen heard even more from from John Mozeliak. The Cardinals have the seventh pick in the in the draft. That's what happens in the draft lottery. It's our job to sit here and talk about things. But bluntly, uh, there's not a lot of kind of sexy stuff to talk about at this point. No, there's really not. And I, you know, you kind of thought this could be a possibility when you see the Cardinals go out and sign three starters before, what, December 1st, knowing what they had to do in the rotation, the innings that they were going to be chasing this offseason. They got an early jump on it, and so that was like the foundation that you had to have. And now I don't know if you would go as far as to describe what they're working on now as more luxury because I do think there are some real needs that the Cardinals are going to hope to address. But Moselec this week and talking to him, as the, the media has gotten the chance to do, he continues to stress that, you know, it's – Early December still, yes, by the time the holidays roll around and, and you know, end of the year, that gets to be gets to be a little bit more serious if you haven't handled some of your business by then. But I think they're still approaching this from the, the mindset that there is still time to get the things done that they want to get done. And it does seem like some moves will be coming. It just may not be this week necessarily. When, um, when nothing is happening, you try to, like, really read into everything that's being said and add added value or added importance to it. Yesterday when we spoke with John Mozeliak, it seemed like the focus was on the trade market. When we spoke to him hour, hour and a half, two hours ago, it seemed like the focus was maybe back to the free agency market. That's just kind of the, the organic nature of these three days. Yeah, and I think they're theoretically doing multiple things at once and, and the staff working on multiple angles to try and figure out like bullpen certainly would be the the top priority you would have to think right now given the innings they've picked up in the rotation they got to find some relievers and like we can sit here and dot connect and say well they've they've talked about trading outfielders and they need relief help and there are teams out there that might have the opposite problem and so maybe the cardinals can come together with those teams i don't know i, I still feel like they're going to make a trade but it does seem like maybe right now they're more focused on the free agent market but i would feel like you'd have to kind of gauge both of those things in conjunction with one another and decide is the price that you'd pay in free agency for a, rel- a relief pitcher more or less than the comparable pitcher you could get via trade and there's opportunity cost there. So it feels like they're weighing all of those things. But yeah, based on what Mosellox said today, not maybe a lot of progress in the last 24 hours in terms of getting closer to actually having a deal done. Felt like the, the kind of the tone of conversation in terms of the line of questions was, does A have to happen before B right. can happen? And, and Mo kind of pushed back on that. Yeah, he did, and and I think that's I think that's right because you look at payroll wise where they are with the the budget that you kind of figure they're going to have. There's still some money to be spent, but there are also players on the on the payroll. And Tyler O'Neill's t- name has come up this week as a guy that maybe they could end up trading away that that would free up some money. So I feel like there is room in the budget to make the type of move that they're looking to make without having to clear payroll space to do it. But what does that say? You, you know, you're probably not talking about the the massive contract for a free agent player at this point. It's probably going to be somewhere in that intermediate to lower end range, but I think they could do multiple moves within that range that could help this roster improve for the upcoming season. The questions I've heard you ask to both Mosellock and Marmel are connected to uh, more swing and miss and what the team is doing defensively and things like that. Have you liked the answers that you've received? You know, I, I think it's interesting, and, it, and it's still going to hopefully have some more opportunities to dive into it. Sometimes it's difficult in these media sessions. You're in these sessions where it's oftentimes brief and a lot of people, but as this goes along, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what the approach is going to be and maybe more opportunities to talk about this thread. Because to me, I look at last season, 
And obviously we know it didn't go the way the Cardinals wanted. And there's a million different reasons for that. But if you try to distill it down to a couple of different things, it's pretty much universal that everybody agrees the defense declined in a way that you hadn't seen in previous seasons, gold glovers across the board. And then that wasn't the case in 2023. And that coincided with some of the things that happened to the pitching staff where the Cardinals, that term swing and miss, it came up a lot. They didn't really feel they had it. And so when you combine lesser defense with a pitch-to-contact staff and then you throw in that you can't shift anymore, the Cardinals were a really good shifting team, all of those things that kind of caused the decline, I think those ideas are sort of married. And so if you look at one-off season not being enough to totally revamp your pitching staff into suddenly we're going to be this big swing-and-miss organization, I don't think that happens overnight. They've made some good steps with guys like Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, but if you're not going to go from where they were to where they're hoping to be eventually in one off season, I do think prioritizing defense and continuity with what they do with their alignment defensively is going to be important. And so the answer that I thought was most interesting along this thread, Matt, is Ollie Marmel kind of pointing that arrow more firmly toward Tommy Edmond, everyday center fielder. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, when we started putting Tommy out there in center field, that kind of solved a lot of things and settled everything down. I think he as a manager values that, and he would like to see, if if I'm reading him correctly, that be a way the the roster can be organized so he can have the opportunity to pencil Tommy Edmond into center field pretty often. I think Mason Wynn's going to need to be able to hold down shortstop to make that happen, so there's some other dominoes that would have to fall in their favor to do it, but I think that's where it all kind of comes together, and you could see the roster just the, the puzzle pieces making more sense next year. If it, if it can kind of align in that way. That's kind of the way I've been looking at that thread of questioning. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because you were asking those questions, then I asked Ollie about are you changing anything during spring as right. a way to correct defense, and he basically said no, the way we run spring with the Cardinals has always been good, and it's always it's always going to be good. So basic, this is a gamble for this organization because basically they're saying they can fix their defensive issues with continuity, and that's a – that's a kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, and, and I think it can work. And, and one of the aspects of it, and that maybe the more angry side of the fan base wouldn't want to hear at this point because nobody enjoyed 91 losses last year, but I think there is an element, too, when you look at the way the season started, it just it went off the rails from the very beginning for the Cardinals last year. And then so for four months until you kind of realize it's dead, it's over, they were just trying to claw back. And that's like a hard place for a clubhouse environment to to sit for four months until the trade deadline happens and everybody – you were there too. Everybody kind of relaxes after that point because you go, it's not what we wanted, but at least like we know where we're at now and it's just not going to happen this year. But for those four months where it's like we know we're better than this, so why isn't happening? I feel like that weighed heavily on the clubhouse to the extent that – I asked Ollie today, like just maybe a simple question, but how refreshing is it to know that you – You've got a blank slate. You're 0-0 going into a new season with a group that you said all year you believed in, even though the results didn't bear that out. I wonder if there's an element to it that it's just like with the fresh slate and there's no World Baseball Classic and there's there's going to be more continuity hopefully in Jupiter because of that fact you'll have everybody there. Does the group of talented players that they said all year they believed in just play a little crisper as a result of not having so many changes happening at once, whether it was – coaching changes, no Yadier Molina changes, rule changes, WBC, all of these things happening at once. I wonder if there is any element of, like, it's not going to go from 0 to 10 overnight because of that, but do the players that have played good in their career previously just do that again defensively, thinking about the Goldies and the Arenados and those guys that kind of had some weird starts defensively? Does that sort of change 
And then the guys up the middle, like a Mason Wynn that you believe can be good defensively, major league ready shortstop, all of those things, Tommy in center field, can those things come together to allow them to just feel a little more comfortable defensively, and what kind of dividends could those play? Finish you off with this. Uh, Brendan Schaefer, KMOV.com. Hopefully you're checking out the website uh, with uh, what he is writing from here at uh, baseball's winter meetings in, uh, in Nashville. Anything else that Marmel said really jump out at you today? You know, the one that I feel like people are probably talking about a little bit was when he was asked, what do you do about second base? How do you look at that position coming into the year? And he said, well, we kind of have to see how our roster is going to look when we get to spring training and get toward the season. Obviously, Brennan Donovan, Nolan Gorman are two guys that you expect to see time there. I think a lot of people maybe took that in the direction of, well, does that mean a trade could be coming of one of those players? Because you have a surplus at second base. That's like one of the spots on the roster that you do have maybe a little bit of extra, and not in the way that you do in the outfield where they've got a bunch of guys, but I don't know that they've got a, a, a three, four guys that they know if we roll into the season with these guys as everyday players, we're happy with it. I think you've got some platoon and some part-time and some guys with some talent, and there could be opportunities to exploit that a little more. But in terms of Donovan Gorman, like those are both guys that I think could be everyday second baseman in this league, can do it offensively for sure, what do you think about defensively? Do you want Donovan freed up to play around the diamond as that utility guy? Maybe that's an area where the Cardinals could explore a trade, but I also think it's just factoring in the DH, kind of seeing how everything's going to fit together. So I'm not 100% sure that that's the, the quote that we should look at and say, hey, they might be trading a second baseman. But like, if you were going to trade from somewhere, that would be it. And Marmel didn't have to answer that the way that he did. He could have said, oh, we like both those guys and we'll figure it out. You know, vague as possible, but does say, yeah, we got to see what the roster looks like. I don't think that just means trade one of these guys. It could mean, well, if we trade an outfielder, that frees Tommy Edmond to play here versus so there are a lot of balls in the air for them, but I did think that was kind of an interesting answer. We do the thing, yeah, we, we try to read into stuff, and the focus today was outfielders who can stay healthy and stay in the, you know, when what's the when he was asked what's his favorite thing about that group of three, they can play every day. That You can you pin, pencil them in every day. Felt like that was a little bit of a shot maybe at, a, at a Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carson. I, I don't know, but it was maybe in, maybe shot's the wrong word. It's but a reality con- of what yeah. it was yeah. last year, right? I mean, that's just the way it played out. Oh, talk about uh, Mason Wynn being an everyday shortstop, allowing Tommy Edmond to be everyday center fielder. As, as much as versatility is a really good thing, it feels like this is a team that's maybe going away from that and that might put them in a position where if there's a trade to be had, a Brendan Donovan might not have a spot on the team. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's necessarily the way they'll go, but I think they had too many guys they asked to be versatile last year. Like, yeah, if you have yeah. one, you have Donovan doing it, and he was a finalist at the Gold Glove for utility for a reason. But you had Tommy Edmond being told, you know, before spring training, he's going to be the everyday shortstop. And then when DeYoung, never was. DeYoung gets healthy, yeah. he's suddenly the second baseman, and there was no movement of DeYoung whatsoever. It was like he had to be planted at shortstop because they know that Tommy is the guy that mentally can do it, right? He can play around. But I think his defense at second suffered. That's a guy who won a gold glove at second base, didn't look like it when he played second, and then he does what the team asks of him and goes to center and is great at it. But it's just one of those things where, like, if you have too many guys being asked to do too much, the the word all he used today was distraction. It can become a bit of a distraction. I think that is kind of what happened, coinciding with everything else that was just a small part of some of the problems from last year. I think they do want that continuity because I think they realize it's important, especially to the type of pitching staff that they have. Because, yes, they want to go more swing and miss, but Michaelis doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Kyle Gibson doesn't really either, and so that's still 40% of your rotation that those guys are going to pitch to contact, and, and Lance Lynn is kind of a fly ball contact guy as well. So I do think Tommy Evan in center field, 
that aspect of continuity could be very beneficial on the defensive side. That's Brendan Schaefer. Read him. I said camov.com earlier. It's now firstalert4.com. They change. It still redirects yes. though, so we're good. If you do, if you type in camov.com, you'll find it. But that's that's the rebrand that's going on for sure. Firstalert4.com. That's Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Appreciate it, man. We'll take a break. Have more in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Graybar Sports Open Line. We're live at baseball's winter meetings in Nashville. So the thing, I, I said this earlier, the thing I love about the baseball winter meetings is you get to see people. Uh, sometimes you're seeing them for the first time ever. My next guest, I have been talking to this guy on this show, on other shows that I've done previous in my career for years and years and years. He's one of my favorite baseball guests. We have never seen each other face-to-face until we ran into each other this afternoon. Now he joins us. He is uh, Maury Brown. You, uh, he, at Bizball Maury on Twitter, does so many things covering the game, the business of the game, uh, doing stuff with Forbes and everything. Maury, it's great to see you. This is so great. Yeah, it is. So you found out, Matt, that I have a face only radio could love oh, so no, here we are true. right you have you're, you're you took it off just now because you put the headsets on but I, i'm digging the hat that you're wearing well the hat's the thing man yeah I'm a hat guy okay i love it I, I don't know if i could pull it off but uh i i respect those that can yeah so for those who don't know it's not a baseball cap it's a pork pie hat so yeah, it's good anyway uh the, look i feel like this is a conversation that happens at a lot of winter meetings if they're a little bit slow when it seems like in recent years even going back pre-covid more often than not they're they're slow but here we are not a whole lot has happened here through the first two days yeah and i think that if you think about uh during covid right or pre-covid um or coming out of covid however it is i mean one of there's some financial implications going on there there seem to be two things going on right now one it's it's a thin free agency pool and two i think you're going to see more clubs work on trades than they would do in free agency and the reason for this is that the regional sports network model right now is kind of up in the air and we've seen that um, the league took over the padres and the diamondbacks mid-season last year and there's questions about how much money those deals will be able to garner as we go more to like direct to consumer so that that if you're a club that doesn't know what's going to happen with your tv money and things are up in the air then you're more likely to be you know let's play it safe let's go risk neutral or maybe even go risk averse and just go like let's dump payroll so um i am in the uh, about less than an hour ago all the GMs had a scrum in the media room, and it was mayhem, right? Yes. But I, I had a chance to ask more than one about this issue, and they said, yeah. It was absolutely those that are have been involved in the Bally Sports Network um, situation with those regional sports networks potentially folding. They are being taking a cautious approach and may not go after free agency due to that and try and work trades. 
So there was a bankruptcy filing this past week, and they broke down each regional network mm -hmm. and how much money they lost. Interestingly enough, the Florida one with the Marlins and the Rays was the only one that even turned a profit. The Cardinals basically have the best local TV ratings of any Major League Baseball team. Now, this is connected to the fact that Bally's paying the Cardinals a billion dollars over 15 years, but they lost $13.5 million from the start of this year to, to where we're at right now. So if you're losing millions of dollars with the property that has the best local TV ratings, what that tells you is maybe you, over, maybe you overpaid a little bit, but also the model is broken. No, they, well, first of all, let's be clear. Uh, Diamond Sports Group that owns the Bally stuff, they way overpaid. I mean, they, they were over leveraged to the hilt. So um, it's not surprising that they would take a great property like um, the St. Louis Cardinals and not be able to make money with it. And that's why they're in bankruptcy right now. So um, the model has changed, though. I mean, for anybody that watches um, television, traditional TV, the subscribers are peeled off by the millions. So it's a, it's a fraction of what we've seen in the past. So it does influence things. I mean, as the clubs move towards streaming deals, um, that is money that's not guaranteed. Look, in years that the Cardinals are going to be really good, then there'll probably be more subscribers. In years that they're not, then you'll probably see less. And in uh, a locked-in TV deals that we've seen in the past, it doesn't matter how the team performs. That money's locked in year after year after year, so the clubs know how much money that they can spend. So now it's kind of an open question. MLB will probably, in some form or fashion, have their hands in all the local TV deals at some point in the relatively near future. When we get to wherever we're going to go with this TV situation, do you think MLB and the local properties that are being run probably by teams will be able to recreate the kind of money that was made at the height of the RSNs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, I don't think all of them will. I th you know, yes, and the, and the Dodgers, you know, the big club brands that we know the Cardinals could potentially, right? They seem like a brand that could do that. But there is that open question about whether that money would be recouped. And I, and I, I at the best, I think you would see it level off, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, you know, again, I mean, we're talking about St. Louis and we're talking about, I think, largely the Cardinals. They're one of those teams that have got such a solid – television rating number and it's such a popular you know brand that's been around generationally that they would they should be in better shape than certainly the marlins right or other clubs like that the rockies right that those those clubs i think are going to really struggle so um right now it's just uncertainty sports is the the difference this is hard to it we say flat is the new up Mm -hmm. In other words, what that means is if you look at like what the Tonight Show does, right, or other forms of programming that's not sports related, take the NFL out of this because it's a completely different animal. All of those are diving. I mean, it's just the ratings and viewership numbers are going through the floor. Sports remains relatively flat, so it's still a much sought after property to have on television. And so there will always be that money. It's where it's going to go as we continue to explore the Amazons of the world or Apple or whatever the streaming service is going to be that those continue to move forward. It's interesting because so the St. Louis market, I mean, St. Louis has as few cable subscribers 
as in, it's going back to even before the the most recent unplugging. There's just a lot of people who have always had you know the the proverbial bunny ears. St. Louis is a little bit slower when it comes to that, and eventually people had to get the cable boxes and everything, and they get Bally. When the Cardinals have a Friday night game on Amazon, when they have a Sunday morning game on Peacock, and I talk about it on this show, I can't tell you the negative reaction. And people, I always compare it to it's the exact same when games were coming off network TV and moving to cable. Mm-hmm. Now the next thing is cable to streaming, and I get people calling up this show saying that I'm in I'm in the pocket of Apple and I'm in the pocket of Peacock and you know how dare Major League Baseball allow this to happen there is a visceral emotional reaction from a healthy percentage of Cardinals fans when games are on streaming yeah and I, look I you can't say for certain what that age demographic is but if you look at the people that are largely TV people and I don't want to go to streaming they're older so uh, Someone that's younger has grown up with streaming, so it's not that big of a leap, right? It is something that's largely part of their DNA, right? So I think that what happens, of course, is that, um, and this is there's enough empirical evidence to show that older, 55 and older, right, which really kind of hits where baseball is at, they want to hold on to TV. So I can understand the visceral, you know, reaction to it from that demographic. Baseball also wants to skew younger. You can only go so long. You can only go so old, right? I mean, unfortunately, we don't all get out of here alive, right? So there is that continued thing. But I think the bigger problem is this. with When you had what they call bundles, right, where where you were a DirecTV sub or you were whatever your cable subscriber was, Comcast, whatever it was, you got a, a menu of of channels and you knew where that was now i think that there's just option overload they're like just tell me where the game's at man i'm like am i on apple am i on amazon where are we going and then the costs associated with it it becomes cost prohibitive and i don't know about you i've got a sub to you know paramount apple mm-hmm. you know amazon netflix yeah Hulu, netflix Disney blah blah, blah. Yeah. it just goes on and yeah. on i mean after a while it just becomes cost prohibitive yep. and so Fans are like, I just want to know that where my team is going to be and that in six months they're not going to be gone going to someplace else and i got to get some new subscription. He is the great Maury Brown, senior contributor with Forbes. Follow him on Twitter at BizBallMaury, B-I-Z-B-A-L-L, Maury. He is uh, fantastic, and I'm so glad we finally got to see each other face-to-face. Yeah, man, it's a real pleasure. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll hear from Oliver Marmel coming up in just a moment. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it. We are in Nashville. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line live from the baseball winter meetings. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you uh, with us today. So fun. So uh, Brendan Schaefer and Maury Brown uh, with us over the course of the uh, last couple segments. So I'll tell you, we uh, we didn't have a whole lot scheduled even at uh, 5.20 and stuff started coming together. And I didn't even have Maury officially scheduled. He just happened to walk up as I was wrapping up with Brendan after I talked with him earlier. So uh, this is fun. Love the baseball winter meetings and uh, love how things come together. All right, so for the next uh, couple segments, uh, this and the first segment of next hour, going to go through what uh, Oliver Marmel had to say in his media session earlier today. And uh, as he uh, met, one of the first things that he made uh, very clear is that uh, he's very happy with the additions that, that the team made from a pitching standpoint. Excited about it. Um, 
Mo and his group, I think, have done a really good job. If you look at uh, the void we had last year and what we've added this year, not only from a skill set standpoint, but also when you look at the personalities that are coming into that clubhouse, it's equally as important. And you've uh, you've added some established guys that have experienced the ups and downs of this game. Um, and that's important for our young guys to see. So you add Sonny. This is a high, high competitor. Um, and when you're in conversation with him, it's fairly clear that he cares about being really good, but he also wants everybody around him to be elite. Um, and that's a good leadership quality to have in that clubhouse. Lance Lind, um, he's an ac accountability guy. Um, he's been around for a while, and he's going to make sure things go a certain way, and we're looking forward to that. And then uh, I, I can't speak highly enough of, of Gibby. This is a guy that, man, strong clubhouse presence, um, likes bringing guys alongside of him. And uh, so the three of them together is uh, definitely what we needed. So there's two things going on with these additions. First off, from a baseball standpoint, uh, he says it's important that they do get more innings from their starters. Yeah, hopefully if you look at the first part of the year, um, there wasn't a whole lot of length out of our starters. And uh, these guys, they eat up a lot of innings and they do it well. So uh, hopefully that carries on into our bullpen not being overused and those guys staying fresh and being able to do their jobs. And then on the other side of it, he says that additions absolutely will help with the team's culture. When you talk about culture, it's important to have guys that have been around that um, aren't only thinking about themselves, they're thinking about the club, and those three guys are known for that. Um, so it's, it's extremely important, especially when you have the young guys that we have. You look at our position players, you've got Mason and Walker, and you go down that list, and uh, on the pitching side, Libby and Thompson and Rom. It's, it's really good to have guys that are at the top of their game, like Sonny, that know how to lead, and then guys that have been around, like Lance and Gibby. Um, so the combination, that's why I said the combination of skill set but also personality is what makes those three moves extremely meaningful for our clubhouse. So that was uh, Oliver Marmel. We're going to kind of stop there for now, but remember where we were at because he talked there about how the additions are going to help with the team's culture, and that was something that towards the end of the season last year, in fact, in his final press conference of the year on that final game day, uh, he spoke openly about the fact that uh, they are wanting to uh, have, you know, better better group in the clubhouse, I think. And some of that is connected to the fact that it was a, it was a losing team last year. And it's, uh, it's tough to be happy when you're doing uh, a lot of losing. But the idea of bringing in character guys and culture guys, you know, yesterday around this time we had somebody call up about adding Trevor Bauer. And, and I, as much as I like Trevor Bauer as a pitcher, meaning like his ability to pitch, I, I don't want him anywhere near the Cardinals uh, because of the character flaws and, and red flags that go along with a Trevor Bauer. So we're going to pick back up with Oliver Marmel after the 7 o'clock news, uh, getting into more about where the culture is at inside of the Cardinals clubhouse right now. We are live. Baseball's winter meetings in Nashville. Don't go anywhere. We're rolling on with a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.